Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. and then this ground staff have done superbly well to get this game on this evening and we are underway. Still with it, Cannon. Inside to Naylor. Ball inside, it's a shot and it's a decent finish by Jacobs. Portsmouth have the lead after 38 and a half minutes. Ball in from Naylor. Hopeful ball was connected really well from Jacobs. Chant will have to come from behind at the Valley. to take. Swings it in, looking for Stockley. Stockley with a header, it's Jaden Stockley gets his first Charlton goal. A superb header from Andrew Sheeney's corner. And Charlton a level after 51 minutes. Movement inside that penalty area. Keeps looking delivery, it's a header and they've scored. It's Naylor with it. Portsmouth have immediately responded. It's Tom Naylor. Makes it Portsmouth 2, Charlton 1 after 54 minutes. And it's continued by Johnson. It's followed him and Johnson crossed towards the far post looking for Marquis. It's cleared away by Matthews and Watson trying to lay off but couldn't do so. And Cannon manages to score. Charlton struggling to clear their lines. Cannon nips in past Watson. And his powerful effort beats Ben Amos to make it Portsmouth 3, Charlton 1. Well, the one thing you want to cut out is mistakes. And once again, they've come to bite Charlton. There is the final whistle. As Portsmouth have uh, no interest in knocking that into the penalty area. And it has finished here in defeat for the Addicts. So good evening and welcome to Charlton Life. This is the Big Match Preview. My name is Louis Mendes and joining me on this week's pod to look back at that defeat uh, against Portsmouth, discuss our business towards the end of the transfer window and of course look ahead to Saturday's trip up to Scotland to take on Rochdale. Uh, first up, Mr. Tom Wallin. How are you doing, Tom? Yeah, I'm not too bad, thanks. How are you? Yeah, not not bad. I guess this is, this is going to be a tough one in particular for you after one particular uh, party this week. Yeah, not looking forward to talking about that, but uh, yeah, it's been a tough week. Yeah, get your tissues ready, and uh, also uh, joining us uh, with a pack of tissues to hand, uh, Mr. Lewis Cathayden, Luke. Yeah, not too bad, mate, you are right. Yeah, not too bad. Uh, yeah, tough week in terms of on the field, uh, off, off the field hopefully a bit better, but we'll see as we go through the show, I guess. Yeah, yeah, just a bit, I think it's been a 
bit of a crazy week and a disappointing result, obviously against Portsmouth, but a, a bit of a topsy turvy uh, deadline day. But I think I think overall, apart from the loss of uh, of Tom Wallin's Welsh Wizard, I think it was a fairly decent uh, decent day overall. Mm, well, we'll discuss that later on. We've got some of your tweets and emails to come to as well, of course. But we just heard there the goals from that defeat against Portsmouth. Tom, we'll talk about that first. Obviously, you know, going up uh, against the side in the in the top six, a rearranged game. Obviously, we uh, we weren't here on Sunday, so it's been a whole week since we've done a pod actually because of that uh, postponement. Uh, but the yeah, the extra days rest didn't do it didn't do us any good because uh, you know, well and truly beaten. Yeah, it was. Um probably the most comfortable that either of the two sides have had it in, in recent years. I think um, Bowie referenced himself, didn't they? That they're often very close games, but it didn't, even when we got back into it, didn't really feel like a close game. I thought we were outplayed really all over the park and Portsmouth definitely deserved to win the game. Um, I know we're going to come on to talk about the transfers and stuff. I kind of just didn't really want to watch it for, for those reasons. Uh, wasn't looking forward to it, but I think there are some positive signs to take. I think some of the signings have been good. I think Jaden Stockley in particular played well. But yeah, it was it was a difficult evening for us. Um, and I think it's very easy to just blame the pitches because they've been bad in recent weeks. Um, but it, it we're struggling to play our football really um, at the moment. And, and like I say, you have to be able to adapt. And obviously we did try and go long to Stockley a bit more often and, and he held the ball up well. But yeah, it just wasn't really the performance that we've seen in recent weeks where they have been improved even if results haven't been. Um, and we're still in that sort of period where we're just one step forward, one step back. We're not really getting on that run that we that we want and that we need. And, and Boya's obviously called for it now. And I know we're playing a lot of teams whose position is down towards the bottom of the table, and it's now or never. Really, we have we have to kick on and start making uh, making a difference in terms of the actual result because you can't just hang your hat on a few good performances. Um, you need to get the wins. Mm-hmm. So yeah, disappointing. Yeah, I mean, one thing we saw repeated, Lewis, that, that we have seen too often is just mistakes leading to goals. You know, uh, the, the first goal that the, they won a corner, us having given the ball away, and then a few people falling over. Um, the second one, you know, a set piece, you just let your man go and he has a free header six yards out. And then the third one, of course, Ben Watson, uh, dispossessed on the edge of our own area. So it's the same. I, I, I text the boys after actually saying, I don't know what to ask Bo because I feel like I'm asking the same questions every week at the moment about defensive errors that, re- that, that, that need to be cut out. Yeah, it's really frustrating, isn't it? I mean, it, we're not so much giving teams the head start anymore. It's just the fact that, I mean, Portsmouth, especially on, on Tuesday, we managed to get ourselves back in the game uh, in a little bit of a spell. You know, Stockley got his goal that I think he well and truly deserved. And you find yourself behind so quickly and you have to kick on in moments like that. If you're if you're getting back into a game, you need to try and sort of build that momentum to try and get yourself a second and, and get yourself ahead because I think we were in the ascendancy at that time. But it's Portsmouth who go up and capitalise on more defensive errors and as you say, then obviously the the third goal as well with with Ben Watson getting dispossessed. It's just we're sort of handing these these opportunities to teams on a plate, and sometimes if you do that with teams in the lower echelons of the division, you might get away with it. But when you're doing it against a side that's up there, you know, with us like Portsmouth, who are clinical and have clinical players uh, like you know the likes of John Marquise, and we didn't, I don't think he even scored on on Tuesday. So you know they've got they've got talent, and we're we're giving them opportunities on a plate and. Especially when it's not our strongest defensive setup, you can't afford to make those silly mistakes. And 
for whatever reason, we seem to be making them week in, week out. And it's a big concern because we're unable, you know, you have to always outscore the opposition. And at the moment, we're we're kind of struggling to score the goals as well, really. So it's, yeah, it's a bit of a, a double-edged sword at the moment. It's not, it's not going our way. Um, we've obviously done some business in January now, um, a couple of players in and we've got a few players out. Um, obviously, J- uh, Jai Seaman wasn't involved Tuesday. I'm looking forward to seeing what he brings. Um, Smith had a little cameo, so there, there's a bit of depth there. But defensively, I think we're we're really missing, you know, the uh, Akin Fainwo and, and Ryan Innes, as we've discussed numerous times over the over the season on the pod. So those two obviously getting a little bit closer to fitness now, especially Akin. So hopefully, when they when they come fit. We slowly start to see these things improve, but ultimately we have to expect better of the players we have in the bat line because they're they're experienced pros. And uh, it, for whatever reason, something's not clicking at the moment. Whether it's a confidence thing, I'm not sure. But we we have to try and iron out these mistakes, or we're just going to keep gifting points to to the opposition, and we'll never be able to get a run together. Mm, yeah, I mean, games against fellow promotion hopefuls, Tom, as well. At this moment in time, is always a good way to sort of gauge how you're sort of levelling up against them. Um, you know, we don't forget we did beat Portsmouth earlier on in the season and, and, and played very well. But I think it goes to show at this moment in time when we have played the bigger sides like the Holes and the Accringtons, uh, even Peterborough. Peterborough probably not quite a good example because I thought we played okay and, and could have got something from that game. But it, it just shows that we are where, where we're lacking at the moment and, and sides are, you know, quite comfortable, quite uh, more than happy to go and punish our mistakes that we, that, I mean, we, we're gifting goals at the moment and it just shows why why we're not quite up to the levels that those sides are at this moment in time. Yeah, definitely. And I'm wary of, of people playing that, that drinking game that's been doing the rounds on Twitter because I'm about to say one of them. But it, it's a pretty poor league this season um, and it, it doesn't take much to be up near the top of the table as we've seen when we've gone on the odd run. And the fact that we've for a long time stuck around in the playoff places, even though our performances and results haven't actually been that good. So... I think to to play a team like Portsmouth at this stage, and it happened with Hull a a month or so ago as well, I think it does just reiterate to me that we are still in that transition. And I think we all hoped that we were good enough to make playoffs and and maybe we will still be. I think top two is is beyond us. Um, I think if we're all being honest, I I do still think playoffs are a possibility, but we're going to need to improve quickly over the back end of the season. But I think realistically, we probably are about the eighth best team in the league at the moment, and, and that's in a poor league. Um, and there are factors around why we are, because I think we've got good players on paper um, and the adjustments and the late signings and all of that stuff. I think that does ring true. I don't think they're just excuses. But yeah, it's as football fans, you don't want any season in transition, do you? You think historically of teams like Charlton in the Premier League or Stoke or those teams that sort of you know they tread water for a bit and then and then people get a bit disgruntled I think we're back down in league one and our our viewpoint is and probably rightly so we're a big club at this level and we should be looking to get out of it and of course we are but I wonder given everything that did happen last summer whether that that hangover is a bit longer than we perhaps anticipated and Boya needs a, a full run-up at it next year and maybe we can sneak in the playoffs this year like we did when he first came in and got us in up against Shrewsbury um so we'll have to see the back end of this season. I'm not all doom and gloom and I'm not saying the playoffs are a write-off by any stretch, but I think it was definitely a reality check against a team like that and um, maybe just reminded us where we are in terms of our life cycle of this team at the moment. Um, but he's talked positively today about signing a couple of the 
Deloney's on permanence if he can. We've obviously signed a few players up to good long-term contracts. You can see what Bowie is doing. Um, and unfortunately, if it does take a year, it, it might do. But like I say, there's there's every chance we could still get in the playoffs this year because the league itself isn't that great. So, um, yeah, I'm not I'm not giving up hope just yet. The one player who did uh, come out of uh, Tuesday's game in a bit of credit, of course, was Jaden Stockley. Um, got his first goal for the club, Lewis, and and he was a real handful. I mean, he won so many headers and and little knockdowns. You know, lay, laying chances on a plate for a couple for Albie. I think there was one for Ronnie Schwartz as well that was uh, deflected just wide. And uh, you know, we, we we saw already what what Bo sees in him and and, and the reason he signed him. Yeah, definitely. I was really really impressed with Jaden on Tuesday night. Like you say, one of the the only sort of bright moments to come out of that game, really. Um, his, I thought his all-round performance was brilliant. I thought he brought others into play well, like you say, with the with the knockdowns and his chest control to bring others in and create chances for those around him. Uh, and that's going to be important. Um, you know, it's good to see him hitting the ground running. Uh, and he does bring something slightly different because Chucks has that hold-up play in him as well. Um, but like you know, we know he can't play a full sort of 90, really, at the moment. So it's good to have someone that can because... We weren't really seeing that in in Omar and, and we weren't seeing it with Paul Smith either. So now we've got him in, it's like that other option. Uh, and especially if you've got someone uh, alongside him like Ronnie Schwartz, um, who ultimately is a poacher, you know, he's a goal poacher. If you create chances on a plate, then over time, once those those partnerships develop, he's going to he's gonna capitalise on the chances and, and start scoring some goals, Ronnie. So... Yeah, I, I'm really. I've been impressed with Jaden so far, to be honest. Um, and I, I, when we signed him, I was I was really happy. I think it was one of those things where it looked like we had far too many strikers uh, at the time, but I think it kind of paved the way for for Omar Bogle to to leave and uh, and Paul Smith as well. Really, um, I think once a player like that becomes available, you can't you, you can't turn your nose at that chance. So yeah, I'm happy to have Jaden on board. Um, I think he's going to be he's going to be an important player for us throughout the season. Um, and like I said, I think what he brings to the to the team in terms of his hold up play and creating chances for others, um, it's going to massively work in our favour. Um, and if we can start converting these chances, then hopefully we we'll start seeing ourselves propel up the division a little bit. Now I mean, we, we've spoken about mistakes, obviously, but there was a real glaring one, Tom, for, for Ben Watson at the end, uh, the, the one that made it three one. I mean, we ha- having got ourselves level. Um, you know, we fell asleep from a free kick, and then and then Watson gets caught out, and and that's one of the things that I just can't get my head around. It's like why are experienced players, ones who know better, are just making so many errors, and, and what we can do to stop that from happening? Like I I I just can't work out how you iron out individual errors like that. I don't know. I don't know what you think of that. It worries me that we're kind of in a position now where it happens so much that it's at the front of their mind. So when that ball comes over towards Adam Matthews, who I think it was that made the first mistake, um, he's probably thinking in his mind, right, I I don't want to do something stupid here, so what shall I do? And and all of those split-second decisions, by the time he's done it, you find he's nudged it into the middle of his own penalty area instead of clearing it away. And then it gets to Ben Watson, and he's probably thinking, well, I didn't expect Adam Matthews to do that instead of clearing it away. What shall I do? Because I don't want a mistake either. And then he goes and makes another one. So... I wonder if it's like a, a self-fulfilling thing now where because we've made them so many weeks in a row, you there's only so many times Boya can say, probably shouldn't have done that, Adam and, and uh, Ben, to be honest. And there's only so many times he needs to because those players obviously know that that's not what you're supposed to do. So I think probably it's it's a combination of that maybe second-guessing or doubting yourself and not just playing on your instincts. 
and also the fact that other managers are probably saying, look, press them high because you'll play them into mistakes and, and showing them clips. You know, all managers obviously go through the clips and Boya talks about watching clips of the opposition. If you're an opposition manager or striker coach or attacking coach and you're showing clips of Charlton, it's just going to be hapless mistake after hapless mistake. So you don't have to tell your, your players too much, you know, just press them high and be in and around it because chances are at some point they're going to slip up and you need to pounce. So, yeah, that's that's the worry for me is I don't really know how you iron that out because they're not, you can't really train it out of them and there's no need to tell them because they already know it. It's just, it's just stupidity really. Um, so yeah, I don't know. It's just about hope. I guess the only thing you can do is try and make them forget about it and try and just concentrate on the fact that they're good footballers. But I mean, they shouldn't need to know that because, because they are. So yeah, it's a concern, but um I'm glad I'm not one of the coaches having to try and do it because, as you say, I don't know what you say when you then go into training the next day. Like, how do you position something like that? It's just just silly errors that need to be ironed out. Mm. Well, let's hear from the man who has to try and iron out uh, those errors within his side. Lee Bayer caught up with him after the game and asked him what he made of the defeat against Portsmouth. I think they, on, on chances, I think they deserve to win. Uh, I think we started well. First 10, 15 minutes, I thought we, we looked the better side. Uh, and then we got a bit complacent and kept giving them the ball in dangerous areas and they kept breaking on us. Uh, but it wasn't like they was cutting us open or anything through, through good football. It was literally just us giving them the ball in bad areas and and then breaking with 3v2s and 4v3s. So, um Again, before the goal, I thought we, we looked the better side. I thought we looked the better side. So I thought we looked the better side until the goal. Uh, our decision-making was was poor, first half. Our, our quality in the final third. Maybe, maybe the pitch played a part. I don't know. I don't want to keep making any excuses for them, really. But our final little pass, little slides, normally... We're better than what what we showed there tonight, and uh, I think young Albie had a had an opportunity to to slide Shinny in. Shinny probably scores. Um, so yeah, small details, but big moments in games. We could have been going in at halftime, one nil up instead of one nil down. Games against the fellow promotion hopefuls are always an interesting gauge of how you're sort of matching up against against the, the, the bigger sides. I mean, how, how, do, how do you think you matched up against Pompey this evening? I thought they outfought us. Um, let's be honest, Portsmouth. We, we all we all know what Portsmouth uh, are like as a, as a team, um, and they do the basics well. They're physical and um, they compete. And, and today they was better than us at, at that. Um, and, and they deserve to win. So, yeah, that's, we all know that, that that's the way they, they play. And did I feel that at times that the ref give them a bit of a helping hand and give them a lot of fouls and they put a lot of balls into our box from fouls that look really soft, like, Ridiculously soft, but he kept falling for it. The refs, so um, so 
Yeah, so we, we was under a bit of pressure from, from just basic balls going into the box from free kicks. But I think Portsmouth deserved to win the game uh, on, on chances created. Um, so, yeah, I think their, their, their defenders defended the box well. Uh, they made a lot of blocks. So, and, and that's what you have to do. And we look soft. The goals we give away were soft. Brietta from five yards out. Second half, the last one, we had to just put your foot through it at times. And, and that's what I mean. That's what Portsmouth do well. They, they, they do the basics well. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Good work from Nico to win it back for Charlton. Ball across into Shinny's pass. Shinny into the penalty area, trying to get it across. He does to Morgan, yes! who scores and finishes for Charlton and puts them in the lead here at Portman Road. Lovely work by Williams on the far side and Matthews and equally chucks to Nico to keep it alive for Charlton. Eventually, Shinny managed to get into the penalty area, ball back across, looked like it might have taken a deflection into the path of Albie Morgan, who buries it for the Addicts. Charlton Live. Welcome back to Charlton Live. The big match preview. That was Lee Bayer after the game against Pompey uh, during the week. He, I mean, he must be pulling his hair out, um, Lewis, because it is like as we've said, it is just the repetitive errors over and over again. Now, you know, and, and manage. You know, people, fans will talk about tactics and everything, and you know, Bo will try and change this and that when he can. But these errors, that. I'm still not sure, like how how he builds up the confidence in his players that they don't keep doing it. Yeah, neither do I. I. I don't really know how you can coach it out of them, and I think I do think it is a confidence thing, as Tom says there. Like it's the split second decisions that it, it, it seems as if uh, that the mistakes they've that have been made previously are sat in at the front, uh, sat at the front of their mind. So, uh, as, as Tom says, by the time they've decided what to do, it's too late, and they've made the error and. We find ourselves back at square one, and whether there whether there's some kind of scope to maybe get in, you know, he's, Bo's got a lot of friends in football. Whether there's anyone he can get in to work with the defenders and and try and you know coach them and 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 you know use some experience, he must have some some people within the within the footballing world he could maybe get in just to you know just to do a bit of coaching with the defenders, just just take them aside and, and try and work on it. 
but when we're having to shuffle the pack so often, it's hard to establish these partnerships. You know, I mean, at the moment, um, Gunter's playing alongside Deji. You could have Piercy in there one week. Gunter shifts over to the right. Matthews might be on the right. Matthews could be on the left. Maltzen could be on the left. Perrington, like the, it's trying to establish that solid back four and then and then building those relationships up. And I mean, at the moment, we are in a position where we have to keep shuffling the pack. And Bowyer does keep shuffling the pack because we've had you know Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday for the last couple of weeks and. You got to be care, you know, especially you got to be careful defensively with injuries because I don't really think we can afford any more. So I, I think that we just need to, you just got to keep working on it, and it will come, you know, with confidence. I th- I thought that the clean sheet we got a couple of weeks back against MK would probably maybe trigger something, but it just it just happens again and again with these mistakes, and it's it's a real shame because it's it's crippling us uh, everywhere else because I think we're playing much better going forwards and where we are creating chances. But when you're giving these teams head starts and, and silly goals, it knocks the confidence throughout the entire team. So you're you're putting sort of unnecessary pressure on the guys up top as well. So it's all well and good scoring one at the start or whatever. But then if you know you're going to concede something silly, you, the strikers have already got it in their mind that they've probably got to score more than that. And then it's the pressure for them to try and get ahead. And maybe they start fluffing chances and making silly mistakes. So it, it's just it's something that's just going to have to iron out naturally. I mean, there's no real answer to coaching it because... It's you can't you can't sort of help a human mistake and and they are just you know they're silly mistakes but I think Tom's on it bang on the nose really with the confidence thing it's it's just going to come over time and maybe if in this run now playing a few teams at the lower end of the division maybe we will pick up a couple of clean sheets along the way and that will help but we're going to have to see I think um, this this run now of games with, with teams at the lower end of the table is an ideal uh, opportunity for us to try and turn our fortunes around defensively. Excellent stuff. Right, a um, couple of tweets and emails came in uh, throughout the week. Ben said, I am sick and tired of watching this Charlton team not turn up week after week. I can't remember the last time I watched a game where we dominated, controlled and won comfortably. I would say we were inconsistent, but we haven't played well in months. Um, another one from uh, Robert Crouch says, sloppy, sloppy goals, such Sunday level mistakes. A Gunter not tight enough for first uh, gun, uh, Gunter originally marking the goal scorer for the second, but anything in the six-yard box should be Amos's, and we all know about the third, don't we? Individuals error, individual errors cost us. Lee Boyer is not to blame. Um, I mean, yeah, Tom, do do you subscribe to that fact? I mean, you know, I'm because obviously there has been a lot of chat amongst some fans about the manager, um. If, and I'm sure he will shoulder the blame for some, you know, for some decisions he takes. You know, he put his hands up for playing Paul Smith at right wing back, of course. But you know, I mean, I don't think you can blame him for these individual errors as well. That's that's part of, that's part of what what makes it so difficult. Yeah, I think there's a difference between blame and taking responsibility. I think the responsibility of any performance ultimately rests with the manager because he coaches, trains the players, picks the squad, sends them out there with the instructions. So. But Boya definitely takes responsibility for it all. In terms of blame, I agree with you. I don't think he can be blamed for those errors because he's not putting a side out there and telling Adam Matthews to, oh, if a long ball comes over, nod it back into the middle of your own penalty area or to Ben Watson, just give it away on the edge of the area or any of those sort of things. So he can't be blamed for it. I think the, the calls for his head are premature, to say the least. I think, as I said earlier, when I talked about where this squad is, he needs some time with these players now and 
I don't see what bringing a new manager in at this stage is going to do. Firstly, who are you bringing in? And, and secondly, what exactly is that going to do? There's that short-termism we know is an issue in football wider, but with a bit of time now and the, an owner, finally an owner behind him, let's not forget he's only had an owner behind him for, what, six months who's prepared to back him. So it's going to take them some time. This is a, a longer-term plan that, you know, Thomas Sangard has set out in terms of what he wants to achieve. And like I say, as football fans, it's very easy to look at one season where you don't succeed, particularly when you've dropped down a level and be negative. But maybe it is something that we're going to have to accept and try and look at next year. And with the pandemic and being locked at home and, and just basically football being one of the only things that you can look forward to as a fan, I completely understand why people are so frustrated and Certainly Twitter has become worse and worse at full time as the weeks go past because results haven't been great. But I think we have to we have to reflect on where we are as a whole um, and, and acknowledge that and, and give that some time, unfortunately. And as I said earlier, that doesn't mean we won't get in the playoffs this year and it, it doesn't mean we can't go on a good run for the rest of this season because we have put performances together. Um, I just think we maybe need to, to give them a little bit more time around that. So... Look, as I said, the responsibility lies with Bowyer, but but the blame very much lies with those individual players. And and as Lewis and I both said, I think that that comes down to confidence. There we go. Right, uh, emails as well. Adam Big says Charlton need to start winning some games soon uh, at the Valley and get three points on the table. That's uh, you're not wrong there, Adam. Cheers for that. Uh, McSquared uh, says positives to be taken from the last few days. Now this is actually from a little while ago, so. Um, uh, was before the Portsmouth game, so I think you'll probably look at this now and may and maybe definitely uh, take out number four. But um, uh, number one, the, well, as you can take them all out. The score to be able to get a couple of days extra extra rest. Well, obviously we can't do that. <laughs> that didn't go well. Uh, still well and truly in the playoff mix. That is true. Many of the teams above us dropped points over the weekend as well. Uh, and then the final positive was that we managed to offload Bogle, which is certainly something we'll be talking about uh, shortly. Steve uh, says, uh, Pompey looked a good side and punished us clinically. Uh, they finished well, and I'd expect them to be right up there come May, but our obvious weaknesses have cost us again. Gallon on Valley Pass spoke really well about the January transfer window signings, uh, but to my eyes, Schwartz offers little. Uh, Jake Forster Kasky is knackered and without Innes and Akin uh, there is little chance of promotion this season why or why didn't Miller start if he'd been on from the start we might have got something from the game please provide the listeners with some reasons to be cheerful well I don't know if we can do that but we can certainly tell you about um I mean Bo said that Miller didn't start because of um uh you know he's again worried about tiring him out and I mean that that's one thing Lewis I've seen you know Last season, the season before, when we were struggling with all these injuries, now Bo's doing something to try and negate that and make sure that we don't pick up as many by resting players and, and people are really annoyed that they don't start. It's, it's like he almost can't win Lee Bayer in that, in that situation. No, he's damned if he does and damned if he doesn't, isn't he? Because knowing, knowing our luck over the years, if he'd have started Liam Miller, he'd have got injured. It's just, it's just typical, isn't it? So... I understand the protection of him because he's a young player. I mean, you've got to remember he's been playing 23s football for Liverpool. It's very different. The physicality of League One is incredibly different to under-23s football. He said that many a times, Bayer. He says it about Ian Martson. He said it about Christian Bielik before. He said it about Connor last year as well. It's a different step, you know, 23s football to to League, what, League One especially. You've got some real physical sides in there. Um, so I understand having to protect him. Um Whilst I do appreciate the frustration with rotation, I think 
our record over the last seasons with injury and even this year with the you know the long-term injuries to to Innis and Fainway we lost Shinny recently as well the 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 reliability issues surrounding Chucks's fitness as well you do have to rotate and especially in a season where it's so congested because of the fixtures and the season being squeezed into a shorter time frame and postponements due to covid and waterlogged pitches etc you you are going to have to rotate i mean i do think that Liam Miller has been one of our outstanding players since he's come in i think he's been one of the key performers and naturally you're going to want to see him in every week but i also believe you've got to you've got to make sure that you protect him as well i mean we brought him on in the second half and he he did bring something different but ultimately we still went and conceded two goals so it's no, that's no knock on his performance whatsoever but i don't think bo can take a huge amount of blame for rotating because he's naturally going to be quite concerned that something you know if we do lose these key players now that's it we've got our squad now for the rest of the season so what we've got is what we've got to work with between now and and the end of the campaign so he is going to have to rotate and it is going to frustrate some weeks and it's just a a a compliment to to Liam Miller that so many fans were were gutted he wasn't starting that just compliments how good his performances have been for us since he come he's come in so hopefully we'll we'll see him starting Saturday obviously we've got Jayasimi as well now so it's two strong wing players that uh, are definitely going to improve our side and, and bring a different, uh, you know, a different sort of foundation to the to the way we play. Um, so, and that helps as well because if you have to rest one, then you know you've got the other. So that's probably one of the areas we've been short on the wing. We only really have Miller, that's an out and out winger, and now we've got um, Dylan Jayasimi as well. It's it's going to help rotate a bit more. And if you lose one, then maybe the other one coming in sort of complements. But ideally, you want both to play. But we do have to be careful and I understand why uh, Bo is doing what he is. Mm, yeah, certainly right. Uh, email from Phil. Hi, guys. It seems like deja vu whenever we play at home, especially defensive errors in the midfield that struggles to compete. I'm beginning to think that Lee Bowyer has a blind spot with regard to midfield tactics. When he plays a flat four, we are competitive, uh, combative and creative. And when he plays a diamond four, they all seem to be unsure of their responsibilities. It reminds me of the Carl Robinson days when he couldn't see the McGuinness needed a partner up front and continued to play him alone where he flicked the ball on to opposition defenders. I seriously hope that we play 4-4-2 with a flat back four, four across the middle and two up front for the rest of the season unless we can get everyone fit and occasionally play 3-5-2 giving us that extra width and play both wingers as long as uh, Jai Simi uh, is willing to work in the same way that Liam Miller does defensively uh, when needed. We must get a run going now before we're too late. It's still very achievable uh, at the moment. Cheers, Phil. Uh, Carl says, yeah, another inept, slow and useless performance you gents mentioned on Thursday. What a big game it was and Boya and the team served that up. I didn't feel uh, the back line were the problem five of the six in front of them were. The midfield four had no left legs in it and it allowed Cannon and Jacobs to run rings around us we have no creative idea the focus was just to lump it forward to Stockley who was asked to control and bring others into the game Schwartz was so far away from him they didn't combine once the only person that did get close to Stockley was Morgan uh, for some reason he was taken off at half time to be Boyer's scapegoat we need to start approaching games on the front foot and making teams worry about what we can do rather than trying to count them the fact that neither miller or chuck started with farcical and the rest uh, and and that rests on boyer he should have played his strongest 11 in such a big match i don't know how uh if boyer can stop this slide down the table i don't buy into the saturday only uh piece will help us as we had that in december and the results weren't any better i think boyer needs to stop making excuses look at himself and start sticking to a team and a formation i mean 
yeah, Ronnie quiet. One of the one of the points that Carl's made there, Tom, is that Ronnie was quite quiet, and and I'd agree with that. I think he, he linked up with Jaden once, where he sort of came down to him, and uh, he had a shot that was sort of took a touch on its way wide. But that is, and I think that's what we're starting to see now from Ronnie. He he's a goal scoring striker who, when he's not getting chances, doesn't doesn't seem to do too much else. I mean, he's been been involved in a couple of bits of build up in his first couple of games, but when he's not getting chances, he he does feel like he can be quite quiet. Yeah, I think I'd agree with that. There was one other moment where he looked to try and dummy a ball forward, which which almost worked as well. Um, but you're right. I don't think at the moment we're that we didn't create many chances on uh, Tuesday anyway. But on the whole, we're not necessarily playing to his strengths at the moment. I think you look at the the goal he did score. It was around the edge of the six yard box and whipping crosses into him on on the edge of the box. And I I think that's what we're going to need to do. Um, you look at how many goals someone like uh, you know Raheem Sterling scores a lot of goals for Man City. Most of them are from about three or four yards out, um, and I think you know Ronnie is like that. He came in as a finisher. He's already shown that he can finish, but he needs the ball and he needs the ball around the the penalty area, and we haven't really got that. And I think yeah, we're used to the likes of Connor or Omar when he was here, um, working hard, you know, working the channels. The likes of Chucks and and Jaden, who uh, you know can hold the ball up and are strong and powerful. I don't think he's any of those things, and that's not a bad thing. You look at his goal record, albeit in a different league, and it's very very good. So it's just again goes back to the point I made last time about just giving these these players some time to understand that you know they've played the first part of the season with no striker that plays like that at all, and now they're having to adapt to one that does. Um, so it is going to take us some time. I think the flat four four two works better for him, um, gives that natural width and gives those players a chance to to then support nearer the edge of the box. Um, I think with the diamond, it perhaps pushes him slightly wider because you've got that Liam Miller at the tip who who tends to then push the the forwards out. So yeah, it's going to take us some time. Boya's adapting to it as well, but. I don't think he's a busted flush or, or anything like that. When we signed him, I said there were some people claiming he's the next Ronaldo. Um, and, you know, we're going to have to be patient with him because he's adapting to a league. He hasn't played a lot of football. Um, and, and I certainly didn't expect him to come in and just get 10 or 15 goals for the back end of this season. So, yeah, I think all of us would have liked to have seen him do a little bit better so far. But but give him time. And, and we've got three other strikers there who are very, very competent. And if he needs a spell out, then then that's what we'll give him as well. But I'm not worried about him largely. I think it's just about adapting to his style of play. Yeah, and we certainly saw with that goal he did score against Rochdale that he's got a finish in him. Right, Phil says, Hi guys, let me start by saying I don't want Boyer out, but he's pushing my support for him. His constant squad rotation and playing players out of position is killing us and seriously denting our playoff hopes. Why drop Miller to the bench? He's had a week's rest. He's punished Pierce for mistakes. Now bring him back. Gunter is not a centre-half. Why drop Purrington? What's he What's he done wrong? It's now time to pick a starting eleven and stick to it unless we pick up an injury or two. We've got a playoff squad to Together. It's down to Boya and the players to get us there. Otherwise, Mr. Sangard may be giving Lee his P45. It says, P.S. Uh, great news for the women's team uh, are back in the Charlton family. Well done, Thomas. That's from Phil. Yeah, and we'll be hearing from uh, Rachel Nubra uh, later on in the show as well. I spoke to her after the game uh, against Blackburn over the weekend. Finally, Lawrence says, hi, guys. Uh, just a quick one. 
uh, on the transfer dealings as the less said about Portsmouth the better in my opinion we're stronger uh, than we were before the window started we've cleared out a lot of Deadwood I hope he's not looking at you there Tom without Johnny Williams oh no he does he says and now looks stronger for it and that sadly includes Johnny Williams who in my opinion never really lived up to the hype and had very little product end, uh, end, end product sorry Tom oh Tom that's a personal attack at you I think uh, a lot of Charlton fans at the start of this season would have taken the mid-table playoff push and what has honestly changed do you think uh, or or did you expect uh, Sangard to come and give Lee Bayer a £10 million budget? Because I certainly did not. This was always going to be a season of transition. And to be honest, if we went up this season, uh, I would expect a never, another very hard one uh, next year. That's from Lawrence. So, I mean, he's uh, segued us nicely, Tom, to talk about the transfer window. And, uh, you know, some, some players in, some players out. Uh, Jai Simi signing... Uh, pretty much on, uh, well, right bang on the deadline. We had Matt Smith, of course, joining on loan from Arsenal as well, uh, having been at Swindon with uh, Jai Simi in the first half of this season. Uh, but I guess uh, we should get to the get to the nub of it and talk about Johnny Williams first. So, Tom, uh, your obituary, please. Yeah, um, I didn't really want to want to have to do it, but I'm absolutely gutted, um, to be honest, and. You know, it won't come as a surprise to many people. Um, and having had now a few days to kind of think about it, I don't think, even as a kid, I don't think I've ever been as excited about a player signing for us as him. Um, I think Darren Bent in the Premier League was obviously a good bit of business and went on to do well, but it wasn't like he was someone that, you know, I, I liked as a player anyway, particularly other than that I knew he was a goal scorer. Um, people like Jan that came in didn't really know a lot about um, but Johnny is someone who I've just something about him that I've enjoyed watching his, him for a while. Obviously, the documentary "Sunderland Till I Die" and how he came across just as a as a person as well. Um, and so, yeah, I've never really had that. And on the other end of his chart on career and going, I feel like I was a little bit too young to really understand the politics around Scott Parker, and he wasn't someone I particularly. Uh, loved as a player obviously I did like him but you know it wasn't the the idol if you like that that Johnny Williams has become for me um, and then the others I was trying to think about it Jan I think was a, a factor around a bigger problem at the club the only other one I really remember being gutted about was was John Joe when he went to Liverpool because he was someone who came through the ranks and I really enjoyed watching but I know I'm I'm an adult now and favourite players is a little bit childish maybe but I, I honestly haven't there's not been a player at Charlton that's had that kind of overall impact on me that, that Johnny Williams has um, and the the email or tweet was right on the pitch I don't think he's he's delivered as much as we would like um, but you see the reaction to the announcement you know he did um, t touch a lot of people in terms of his personality in terms of the work he, I know he did with the trust. I know they, they showed a video about that because he won an award with them. Um, and combined with the fact that obviously he, that Welsh connection too, um, there was just something about him that I just really, really like as a person, as a player. Um, I'm so grateful I got to see him score at the Valley because obviously not a lot of people got to do that. Um, and unfortunately, he'll hold his hands up and say he sh would have liked to have scored more. And I wish him the best at Cardiff. I think it's a good move for him. But... Yeah, I'm. I'm not ashamed to say that 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 was a very difficult day to see him leave because I, I didn't want it to happen at all. Um, and we'll go on to talk about the rest of the transfers. I think actually the squad is in good shape, and I think we've done some excellent business. But 
yeah, I'm really, really sad to see Johnny Williams leave. And as I say, I hope he does well at Cardiff. Yeah, certainly. Well, that was that was touching. That was moving, Tom. Thanks for that. Now, Lewis, you have to repeat the trick for Marcus Madison now. Can you put, put your heart into it and see if you can bring a tear to my eye like uh, Tom just did with Johnny Williams? He scored a really nice goal at Plymouth. That's about. I think that's all I've got. No, I, I'm I'm a bit disappointed with with Madison. I mean, I I kind of uh, I, I kind of expected this to happen um, because he comes with a little bit of a of a reputation in terms of attitude. And I thought if anyone would be able to work that out of him, it would be it would be Bo. Um, and he's held his hands up. He's admitted it, it hasn't happened, and he, he said he demands professionalism and. We don't really know what what goes on behind the scenes with Marcus, but obviously there's something not quite right there because, I mean, the fact that he's dropped to the level he has and, and he's gone to Bolton in League Two, uh, I think they're sitting in 19th at the moment in the division. You know, that's from where he was, uh, you know, when we when we first signed him, effectively, I you know, he's a championship quality player. But there's something with his attitude that is preventing him from from performing and getting a real tune out of him. And we've seen how good he can be at Peterborough. And there were glimpses of quality with us as well, but it, there was no consistency to it. Um, I kind of thought it was the end for him when he when he uh, got injured in that game and was hauled off and the, you know, the ducking out of tackle comment was made. I think that sort of triggered the end for him really in my eyes. So I, w- I wasn't overly surprised um, to see him go. I, I mean, if he wasn't going in January, I can't imagine him of staying. Uh, beyond beyond the end of the season anyway but it's a shame because I think a a, a good a, a head you know sort of a focused Marcus Madison um, could be a really important player and could have been a really important player for us in, in this division but for whatever reason uh, there's a problem there with him that isn't that people can't get a tune out of him or seem to get him to focus you know it's not just us it's happened at Hull it happened at, at Peterborough they've obviously let him go for for nothing in the end. So there's obviously something there, but hopefully he, he's still fairly young. He's usually 27, something like that. So he's still got time to, to sort of rebuild his career and maybe dropping down to league two and trying to do that is the right thing for him. Um, you know, I wish him all the best. Um, and I hope he does because I think it's a waste of a talent if he doesn't. Um, but you know, for us, I, I don't think it's working. And I think Boya, we know what Boya was like as a player on the pitch, he demands a certain level of effort and, and professionalism. And I, and I just don't think Marcus was hitting those levels and, you know, all the best from at Bolton, but I just, I, I can't see him having a future here after, after the move. And I'm, I'm pretty confident that that's the case anyway. Yeah, certainly. We won't be seeing him again uh, in, in a Cholchen's shirt. Um, yeah. Com- complex character, I'm guessing with Marcus Madison, because I just, it's hard, it's hard to get your your head around why why his career has gone the way it has, but um, you know, all the best to him up at uh, up at up at Bolton Wanderers, of course. Now, you know, we we've spoken at length about Omar Bogle throughout the season, so we don't really need to go into him. I think we know why he's gone. Uh, you know, Bo didn't rate him. I think it's fair to say. Um, let, and let's have a look at the two players that came in on deadline day. Then, um, first of all, the one that we were all waiting up for. Um, uh, Dying Jay Simi, who signed from Swindon. Now that came out of the blue, and that was extremely exciting. As far as oh, as far as I'm concerned, I just elbowed the cat. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, uh, Tom, uh, because I mean he ripped us apart, particularly uh, at the county ground when we played Swindon this season. Yeah, it feels like a, a proper signing, doesn't it? Um, good young player. Uh, yeah, as you say, performed very well for Swindon. Not not just against us, but 
but in general, um, and and on a decent length contract as, as well. And again, this is what what Thomas is going to bring, and it, and it is going to take a couple of transfer windows to get that up and running. But yeah, excellent bit of business. Again, fits with the idea we talk about the the two that have just we've just talked about that have left. Obviously, they fit much more into a diamond, I think. Um, but the Liam Miller on loan and and Jayasimi, I think they fit much more in in a four four two flat four four two if needed, um, and kind of offer us that natural width on on each flank. And it's it maybe a case of going a bit back to basics. You know that you have two wide men who are pacey and can get get in attacking areas. You have a couple of players like Jaden and and Chucks up front who can hold the ball up or can get their head on the ball. And it's it's a different style. And that's why I talk about the the adapting. But um, yeah, excellent bit of business. I was really pleased to see he come in and hopefully, I don't know if he'll be ready for, for Saturday, but I'd love to see him get a start. Mm. And now Matt Smith, the other one who joined on loan from Arsenal but had been at Swindon in the first half of the season. Uh, I mean, speak to any Swindon fan and they'll tell you we've picked up their two best players there. But um, yeah, we saw a brief, brief cameo on, on, on Tuesday when he came on, Lewis. But are you are you expecting big things? Yeah, I am. I mean, given the reviews from the Swindon fans, he he seems like a real a real talent. I mean, I saw some of his earlier performances earlier on in the season. He's he's obviously a, a good passer of the ball, um, assist wise. He likes to open up play and and play those little passes through to send strikers away, which hopefully will link well with with Jayasimi because he was playing up front for Swindon more than he was out on the wing, um, especially this season anyway. Um, so I think that's a good little pair in there. I think he's a He's a good young um, talent to come in. Swindon were obviously gutted to lose him as well, which says a lot, um, especially lose, losing him and DJ at the same time. It must be a real kick in the teeth for them. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm expecting, um, you know, he'll hit the ground running, I'm sure. We saw the cameo on Tuesday. Didn't really have a huge amount of time to make make an impact. Um, so I think be, I wouldn't be surprised if we see him from the start fairly soon and it'd be easier to judge him then, but... I think I think it'd be a really good, uh, really good talent for us. I mean, the last guy we got on loan from Arsenal, you know, with, with Christian Bielik, he was he was incredible, wasn't he? So if he can replicate the form of Christian, we're we're laughing really. We've got a good reputation with young players; we make them better. So it's a good place for him to learn, and especially being a midfielder, he'll he'll learn bundles um, under under Bo and under Jacko as well. So it's a good move for him, and I'm sure it will benefit us as well. Yeah, so I mean, so so just briefly then, Tom. I think you mentioned it already earlier, but you know, we we go through this window. We we I think we've lost six altogether, brought five in. Um, are we in a stronger position now? I mean, Boya, when I asked him on Tuesday, says we are now in a we we do now have a top six squad, and it's up to him to to go and prove that. I guess. Yeah, I think so. He's got the players that he wants. Um, he's done the best with with the salary cap. Really, is the only thing hindering him now. Um, so yeah, I think. I, I like the balance of the side now, definitely. Uh, I think it's it is going to take a couple of games just to get get those players in and and stuff. But yeah, Boya's put that pressure on himself. I know he said that after the game, didn't he? And said, you know, I'm used to that pressure, and that's what comes with the job. But he has put that pressure and that expectation on himself and that squad. But like I say, you look through the names there. That we are, we should be a top six side once they're all gelling and once they're all playing. That there's no doubt about that. Um, so yeah, I. On the whole, obviously that that one transfer out aside, I, I am pleased with the business. I think we've got good players in, players who are experienced at this level. Um, and you look at what uh, it's not a direct comparison, but you look at what Powell did that season um, when he brought in young players who 
I think he used the term even back then, had a point to prove. And I've heard someone, I don't know if it was Gallen or Bowyer, somebody mentioned that this time as well, that the players are coming in and they're having that opportunity. And it's slightly different because some of them are loanies. Um, but, you know, Miller has got a point to prove to Liverpool. Smith's got a point to prove as well um, in terms of that loan. And, and the other players that come in, they've come in from teams that are down towards the bottom of our league and are now or not necessarily the bottom, but below Charlton and certainly maybe not quite as, the expectation isn't quite as high as it is as Charlton. And they're, wanna, they're going to want to prove that they can do this level as well and, and make the step up to the championship. So, yeah, I, I'm pleased with the business overall. I think we've got a decent squad there. Um, the big thing is still those the fitness of those two centre-backs and whether the when they do get back in, we can, you know, they'll hit the ground running and not break down again because we need both of those things to happen. But, there's a good balance there. And uh, yeah, I think um, I'd be surprised if, if performances and results don't start to pick up, certainly in the next, over the next couple of months. But, you know, I'm not expecting us to just go out and win this weekend and, and that be that. It'd be lovely if it does happen, but, you know, it is going to take a week or two. But yeah, I think we've got, we're in good shape for the back half of the season, definitely. Excellent stuff. Right, just uh, quickly before we uh, focus our attention on the trip to Scotland to take on uh, Rochdale, you may have heard the good news during the week that Thomas Sangard has agreed a deal uh, to go and take over Charlton Athletic's women's side um, uh, subject to FA approval. It brings the uh, the, the, the women's team back in, in-house, if, if you will, for the first time uh, in well over a decade. Of course, you may remember they were disbanded uh, after we got relegated from the Premier League, which was a long time ago. Uh, but uh, they've always uh, continued. They, they, they've always felt, as far as I'm concerned, part of the Charlton family. Now they will be uh, officially again. And on that note, I thought it would be a good time to bring in our interview uh, with Rachel Newbrush. Uh, Rachel scored uh, Charlton's goal during the one-all draw uh, with Blackburn Rovers at Bromley's Hayes Lane uh, last Sunday. Uh, I went to the game. I think... Probably happy to come away with a point after the way Blackburn played in the second half. But Rachel put Charlton 1-0 up from the spot uh, in the first half. The Northern Irish International spoke to me after the game and asked her what she made of it. Yeah, it's it's a tough one. If you ask me in a few days, the reaction will probably be different. But right after, it feels like we've lost. Obviously going ahead in that first half and then obviously conceding and sort of backs against the wall at times. Um, yeah, it's, it's frustrating. You know, We're trying to climb the table. We know we're good enough. And we thought today with that first half, I think we completely outplayed them. I didn't think they were going to get back into it. So, steps in the right direction, but obviously we're, we're very frustrated with the draw. Well, they came out strong in the second half, Blackburn, so pleased only to concede to a penalty, I guess. Yeah, definitely. We knew they'd come out for us after that after that first half, and they've got big players. Uh, we knew we didn't want to give them set pieces. But yeah, like you say, it was it was a penalty. They didn't outplay us in open play at any point um, to get a goal. So, yeah, it's a positive in a sense. So, you put Charlton 1-0 up in, in the first half from the penalty spot, and, and things seem to be going well at that point. Yeah, definitely. No, obviously delighted to step up to the penalty and, and make sure we got the goal. Obviously, Charlie Clifford usually takes them, so not usually me. So I was happy to score, but um, yeah, hopefully next time we'll hold on to it. I mean, it's, it's been a tight game. That's been the story of a lot of Charlton's games this season. They've been tight and haven't been quite able to, to get over the line. Is that a source of frustration at the moment? Yeah, definitely. I mean, you can see on the pitch that we're a great side. We play good football. We're up for it physically now. And the, the goals we've brought in, I think, have been excellent. Vianna, Alicia in holding centre mid, linking play. So I think as they grow into the, the squad a bit more as well that will help us get the games over the line because we're nearly there it's the small small margins yeah, so I was going to say we've seen a lot of investment over the last few weeks I 
think it's up to six yeah. new bodies that have come in. So, yeah. I mean, does that sort of rejuvenate the squad a bit? Yeah, definitely. I think the main thing that the coach has been commenting on is not only the new girls that have come in, but the competitive sort of atmosphere that's created in training that us that have been here for a bit longer have stepped up in training as well and create that competition. I mean, you saw in the starting lineup today compared to on Thursday night was very different. Um, so that competition is only going to be good for us. So point closer to Coventry now, still got games in hand as well. I mean, there's still plenty to play for in this season. Yeah, exactly. That's the key thing. Games in hand. We had the same thing last year, um, which is frustrating. But obviously, you know, every game we play, we've got points on the board today. Um, that's a positive. And with those games in hand, hopefully against teams like Coventry, we'll, we'll go and do the business. That's a big test next week against Liverpool. Yeah, definitely. They're a strong side. But, you know, they're without a manager at the moment. Um, it's at home for us. So there's no reason why we should be intimidated by them. Um, and fingers crossed we can go and get a win. Second win of the season there. Shinny prepares to take. Shinny takes. It's a shot. Oh, great break. Oh, the power was too strong for Eastwood. He dived to his left, but it's passed him. And Shinny, who got the assist for the first goal, now opens his Charlton account with a lovely free kick. And Charlton, just before half time, make it two. That you're going to be okay anyway. You know there's no Charlton Live. Right, welcome back to the final part of uh, Charlton Live, the big match preview. Let's look ahead then to the game uh, with Rochdale. Um, well, uh, hopefully uh, not a repeat of the four-all draw we had at the Valley. I don't think my heart will be uh, able to to take that. But before we uh, have a quick look at it, let's just get a very brief bit of team news. Lee Bayer asked during his press day today how the squad is shaping up ahead of the game. Um, so Atkins obviously back training. Uh, Connor we won't take the risk with Connor. Um, if we really wanted him to to be on the bench, then we could. But there's the, we don't. I don't think there's, there's, we ain't going to gain anything by rushing him back and trying to push it. So give him an extra couple of days and he start training Monday. Cool. So that just and Ryan's still a bit away. Then I'm guessing. Yeah, I'm just waiting for him to have his uh, his scan. Uh, maybe 10 days time something like that is his scan that he's got to have to see if it's fully healed now once we get the go ahead with that then he'll be back back out and uh, and get him ready so there we go um, so Akin out training but it doesn't sound I'm not sure if he'll be involved Saturday but you know it's, it's good to hear people coming back now I mean looking at the game itself Lewis obviously remember that that four rule game at the Valley a few weeks ago I mean there certainly bodes well in the fact that we know we can score goals against them but we have we have to find a way to going back to being solid you know a couple of the away performances we've seen recently at Milton Keynes and Bristol Rovers we've done that so I mean it's imperative that we get back to that on Saturday yeah definitely and as you say we don't want a repeat of the of the game (laughs) a couple of months back a couple of weeks back should I say um with that four all draw I mean especially with their form, I mean, even after us, I think they drew three all at home to Wigan, and they they lost four three at home to uh, Oxford as well. So they they obviously leak goals. We know that from when we played them earlier on in the season. Defensively, they're probably about as frail as we have been. Um, but we've just got to we've got to try and sort of focus defensively again and try and, and it's going to be difficult, I think, with the clean sheet up there because they obviously score goals but it's similar to us like they're, they're trying to outscore the opponents every time and giving people head starts I mean last time we gave them was it 3-1 at half time gave them that head start uh, sorry was it 4-1 I can't remember but either way we we were miles away so giving people that head start is something we've got to iron out of our game and they're going to be trying to iron out of their game as well so 
I'd be very surprised if it was nil nil. <laughs> I, I wouldn't I wouldn't put any money on that. Um, but like you say, we've we've got to focus more defensively, trying out iron out the silly mistakes. Don't uh, let the let the young guy bar through like like a hot knife through butter like we did last time because he he you know two quality finishes from him, um, a great free kick as well from from one of their midfielders as well. So they they've got some quality in there, um, but they're obviously languishing down the the lower end of the table because they're suffering defensively as well. It's just we had that great run at the start of the season that gave us a bit of a a, a bit of a cushion between you know hitting a bad run and being in the lower end of the table and to where we are now I think it sort of it kind of represents how how poor the league is at the moment really quality wise because despite our run we're still well amongst the top six uh playoff race so yeah it's going to be an interesting game I think it's I think there's going to be goals um and hopefully this time we can we can make sure that we we take the three points and, and try and keep them scoring to a minimum and no more four all draws. Ideally, I don't think I can. <laughs> I don't think I can go through that again. <laughs> yeah, that'd be too much to take. I mean, Benji Nurik did the maths for us in their last ten games. Rochelle, there's been fifty goals, so five per game. You know, for and against, um, they, they've only actually won. I think one of those ten, maybe two. Uh, yeah, they've won, they won 5 0 at Wigan ages ago, and they actually got a, a win in uh, last Saturday, a 2 1 win at Bristol Rovers. So they'll be on a high after that, but that was their first win in a while. Tom, just looking at us, uh, just briefly, I mean, again, changes that you'd want to make. Uh, I mean, I'd love to see Jarsimi uh, get into the team if he's ready. Yeah, I think I'd like to see him if he's ready as well, and possibly Smith as well from the start. Um, I, was, I haven't been impressed with Ben Watson at all, really. Um, which is a shame because I, I think he came with a good reputation. Uh, so I wonder if he might step out. Uh, I don't know if Prattley will be back. So maybe maybe it would be him that comes in, but maybe Smith as well. Um, again, defence. It's a really difficult one. I, I said after the weekend, I didn't want to, or sorry, after the last game, I didn't want to change the back four. Obviously, Purrington went out and Martson went in. And now we've conceded three. I don't know if I want to change the back four back to Purrington or whether I, I stick to my philosophy of keeping it the same. Um I don't think it'll be uh, time for one of the centre-backs to change. So keep that the same. And yeah, I th- I'd like to see Ronnie be- still keep get given a run. I thought him and Stotley looked good together. Um, so yeah, maybe maybe Jayasimi, maybe Smith. I can't imagine there'll be many more changes than that. Excellent stuff. Right, we've run out of time actually, so I'm not even going to do predictions because I think we've gone over time on this week's uh, big match preview. Let's just all assume that you're predicting a 10-all draw or something. Um, right, so thanks to those of you who've listened to uh, this week's big match preview. Thanks to those of you emailed in as well. Thanks to Tom and Lewis for being on this week. Cheers, mate. Cheers, mate. Good to have you both with me. I've been Louis Mendes. Thanks for listening. We'll be back on Sunday to look back at whatever happens against Rochdale. We'll see you later. <laughs> Charles and Light.